Just before we start, I want to remind you that you can find the PP6 podcast on Spotify, on Google, on Apple Podcast, and wherever good podcasts are found. You can also get in touch with the podcast on Twitter at podcastpp6 or search for PP6 podcast, and you can email us at pp6podcast at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Ponder Pick 6 podcast, and welcome back after week 16 is in the books. It's done. We are there. We are at the end of our season once again. How exciting. John here, again without Ed this week. It's over the Christmas period, so we haven't been able to get into the room together. I thought, rather than leaving you in the lurch, I would come on and give you a quick update about how things shook out in the semi-finals of the Ponder Bowl and where we stand coming into the final next week. I hope you all had a lovely holiday break and are relaxed, well-fed, well-boozed. It's not about that. It's about fantasy football. Before I get into anything, I'm going to throw this week to our sponsor. Guys, if you're anything like me, you're in the f***ing Ponder Bowl again. How did it happen? Not really sure. I'm just going to ride this wave until it all blows up in my stupid smug face. Well, that's a product I think anyone can get on board with. And not to bury the lead, thanks to our sponsor, and I will be having words around the advertising reads going forward, but... You heard it there. Horn dogs have made the Ponder Bowl again. Not only that, the floating heads have made the Ponder Bowl again. I'm up against the scientists in the final. The Kingswin for Swines ducked out with a pretty meagre performance. The Deflators only narrowly missed out to the Horn Dogs by, let's call it a point, basically. Very, very unlucky for GM Holt who had a, a strong performance all season and, and just fell at the last. Got to be disappointing for the guys who ducked out. I asked my co-host, Ed, if he wanted to send me a recording of, of anything that he wanted played on the podcast. He responded to me that that's like asking a man who's just lost his dog whether he wants to compliment my new dog, which I see. I did make the point that this might be a chance to vent any frustrations he has with the team that only put up 85 in the semi-final. And he declined. He suggested my wife come on and insult me instead. And, and I know she won't want her voice on the airwaves. So I, I think I'm going to make up something on her behalf, like I'm some sort of giant lanky noodle. There we go. Notwithstanding that GM Newport decided not to send any audio in, there was some audio that was published to the Pondapic 6 WhatsApp over the last week from an understated man, a man who picks his words very carefully, who's always very measured in his responses to things, and who fans of the podcast will know is a voice of reason and calm throughout the league, someone who we can all rely on to bring things down a, a smooth resolution when they're simmering up. And that is GM Preston. He was kind enough to send us three video messages over the weekend, which I am going to play for you, unedited, unabridged, in all of their glory. All right, boys. I'm recording outside the men's toilets at the fantastic Melbourne Cricket Ground. John? John. You Ed? Newport, clarification necessary. Just unbelievable. Just both of you shut the f up. Like, honestly, I just. One second. 
I've never seen people dress up ignorance in such a marvellous and fantastic way. You guys clearly don't know what the f*** you're talking about. Just talk out of your ass. Uh, let's just have a pop at every single member of the league, eh? Uh, let's start with the freshest. Yes. Uh, Ian? Ian Jones? Just sort it out, mate. Just grow up. You're a judge. You make big, important decisions, allegedly, but yet you behave like a man-child because you don't like it when things don't go your way. Let's go to Matt. Matt Holt. I like you, Matt. You're good. But you live in America and you water draft. Have some self-respect. Ollie Arnett. You should be doing better. You get very little returns on your effort. Shame on you. Trav. I hate you for being good. Just stop, Trav. Just stop. So what's that cut me off? I think I just finished on Trav. Uh, next, I'm going to go with Edward Harwell Goose. Not to be confused with Ed Newport. Commonly known as Goose. Stop pretending you give a Just... God, I hate that you still win. Craig Campbell. Shut up. <sighs> Who's left? Very drunk. Nathan Warren, know nothing about you. Yeah, it's your season. I know how that feels. Don't be. Adam Warren, know a bit more about you. You are a funny man and annoying as. Just type one message. One message. Also, well done for getting to playoffs. Waste of time. Who's that? Don't know. Mm. At least you don't know. Drunk too much. I've done Ed, I've done Ian, I've done Goose, I've done Ollie, I've done Nathan. Phil! You're a very attractive man. Based on your attractiveness alone, I had to come back and double down on Ed and John. Ed Newport, that is, because frankly, just you do a really good job with that podcast. It's really good. It's really good. But you annoy the f out of me sometimes. And that's enough. You're a bunch of c. Neither of you deserves to be the Panda Bar. You're going for Trav. Sorry, Matt Holt. You never were a factor. If you win the Ponder Bowl, I'm going to go and throw myself in front of the bus. See you later. Bye. Well, I think it's pretty clear from that how GM Preston feels. I echo many of the sentiments in those messages about members of this league, myself included. And I wholeheartedly commend GM Preston for voicing those opinions. You know that he's been a regular champion of feedback to the podcast and to the league more generally, and I, I welcome that. Whatever your views on, on how things shook out, what we know for sure now in this year's Ponder Bowl and at this stage in the league's history is that we are coming for a definite three-peat. Both 
the teams in this year's Ponderball have won it twice before. They are the only teams to have done so. And what will come out of this Ponderball is a three-time winner. Is that the healthiest thing for the league going forward? History will be the judge of that. And history famously doesn't really care about this league. No news this week. Let's, I mean, there's very few injuries to even talk about, and they don't really matter. I'm going to say the ones that matter to how the games took place over the weekend. And looking forward to the Ponder Bowl. Brock Purdy, headline I've got here is dealing with a stinger not expected to linger, which annoys me a little bit because if you read that like a normal person, it doesn't track. I see what they've gone for. Either way, Brock Purdy is not expected to be out for a significant amount of time. Apparently, he could have returned in the game. The other two, which I know deeply affected the deflators' chances of winning the semi-final that they they eventually lost so narrowly, TJ Hawkinson, outlook is not good, is what it's saying, a knee injury that forced him out of the game and into an MRI. Shout out Dak Prescott. The other one was Isaiah Pacheco, who was ruled out for the remainder of the game reasonably early on on Monday with a concussion. That's all I'm going to say on that. In terms of the games, a couple of words just quickly on my take on the the two semi-final games last week, starting with the Horndogs deflators. And I do feel very sorry for GM Holt because I genuinely think that he is the manager more than me who deserves to be in this Bondable final based on his team's performance across this season. They took a drop in performance certainly last week, but that was explainable by a number of injuries, most of which looked like they were on track to be back this week. What happened then is he had three players, Hawkinson, Jaden Reed, Isaiah Pacheco, either didn't play or went out with relatively low scores mid-game. Outside that, Tyreek Hill, 18 points, didn't perform. I mean, a good score by any standard, but not by his. Didn't perform up to it. Josh Allen did his best with 25 to get him over the line, but coming out with 102.88 overall. And the .88 is important when I tell you that the Horndogs winning team cobbled together only 103.9. Brock Purdy going out of the game having scored only two points. Joe Mixon underscoring. Jonathan Taylor back from injury but underscoring. CeeDee Lamb put up 26. That was a great saviour for this team. Montgomery, Devonta Smith over 15 points as well. But again, not a huge amount of points from any individual player and certainly not a lot overall. So not an inspiring score to go in to a Ponderbowl with. On the other hand... With the semi-final between the Floating Heads and the Kings Winford Swines. Different story there. Floating Heads, 127. Again, not a high score to be going into the Bondable with, but perfectly fine. Not the highest score of the week by any stretch of the imagination. Some phenomenally high scores being put up in the consolation games in the loser bowl. But this one outpaced the Kings Winford Swines by some way. 85.68 was all the Kings Winford Swines could put up on the day. And where did that come from? Well, it wasn't Jared Goff and it wasn't Amon St. Brown who had a great day for the Lions, but Laporta was nowhere to be seen in a game where the Lions bossed it and ran quite a lot. Pollard, Ford, Deontay Johnson, all sub 10 points. Rasheed Rice getting just over 10 in a game that I know Pat Mahomes was very angry with how his Chiefs performed. Dewall touted to be the saviour but not to be in a Colts defence that actually ended on minus points all led to this downfall. On the floating head side, I mean, he's going to be happy enough with 34 from Hertz and 26 from McCaffrey, and those are the two main drivers in any high scores that the floating heads put up. He'll also be happy with 24 from a Chris Alave, and that is a very good sign going into this Ponderbowl that Alave is firing all guns. He'll want more from Noah Brown. He'll want more from his tight end position, whether that's Otten or someone else next week. 
and Mostert, Gibson putting up something decent. It was a very good performance. And as a performance at any point in the season, you'd be happy with this one two seven. I think he's going to want to make sure it's higher than that to guarantee himself upon the bowl win. But some relatively low scores, and, and the scientist himself pointing out relatively low scores comparatively coming into this Ponderball. I think maybe the lowest ever combined semi-final scores we've had could be a race to the bottom between the Floating Heads and the Horn Dogs next week, or one of them could just run away with it. Anyway, that's enough from me. I'm not going to say too much more, other than I thought, well, maybe there's a way to really sum up, wrap up, and summarise this week that we've just had coming into the Ponderball. And I've already done my statutorily mandated song this year, so I'm not allowed to do another one. But I've gone somewhere slightly adjacent. So if you've got two or three more minutes, please let me wrap up week 16 coming into the Ponder Bowl. And let me say to you, what's up, Ponder Pick Pickers? This is the Pick of the Six. Few injuries knocking about, but no one really cares at this point. And if you're looking to the waivers for Week 17, then it's a desperation signing all round. But we've talked about them. We're coming into the good stuff. There's the number one draft spot, coach of the year, and the precious ponder bowl on the line. Coming in first in the games that mean nothing. Two high scores of the week posted by those dead jigglies and the Joe from another mo, GM Stutt. They're going to be wishing those scores had come up sooner. Not exactly sure how it works out fixtures-wise, but they're playing each other, so bon chance. All I do is Quinn and the Delocinators brushing past their rivals this week and going for the number one draft pick at the culmination of the Loser Bowl. Could we see a currently managerless team clinch it and a new GM next year coming in with the best pick off the board? Rageblade, the Commissioner's Chiefs and the Gobblers stroll into mediocrity. What can we say about the teams going out in the semi-final? Swine's had a good showing all year, but really did not turn up to this one in a way that GM Newport will bemoan when he puts up a Ponderball winning score next week. Deflate as a division champs, but fate cruelly snatched their second Ponderball away. And so to the final. Statistically, the league's most successful franchises go head-to-head in the big game in a way that neither GM wanted, nor did the league. Populism be damned, though. This New Year's number one team and champion will be the Floating Head Doctors or the Honolulu Horn Dogs. Tune in in the New Year to find out who. Woof. Woof. <laughs> <laughs>